Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Theater Enthusiast Podcast. I'm very excited about our next guest. I worked with her on a virtual reading of Red Light Winter, and I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but I just think you're like an awesome person, and I'm so happy that I know you. Like, you know, honestly, because it's like, she's so effing awesome and cool. Aw, I think the same about you. Stop it. No, but go on, but go on. But no, seriously, go on. No, I'm just joking. But without further ado, here is Janine DeVita. Oh, yeah. That's like super loud today. Yeah. is going crazy. Haven't heard that in a while. Well, you're welcome. Also, (laughs) as always. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Just saying, thank you so much. I am drinking out of my hot priest mug and my hot priest candle is lit. Janine hasn't seen this, but I always light my hot priest prayer candle. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. And the show mug I have out for Janine is the light in the piazza because before I worked with her, like met her, I YouTubed her and she sang light in the piazza and I told her it was amazing. And then she informed me it was her first Broadway show. It was. It's was the first Broadway show that I saw. I oh, wish I'd been in it, but um, I it was. I was still in college, and I came to New York for the very first time after being in college to get my headshots done. And I ended up seeing the light in the piazza and loved it. Did you see it was the so original magical, cast? huh? Did you see the original cast? I did. It was awesome. Oh, my God, I'm super jealous. I saw. The second cast, Katie Rose Clark and Aaron Lazar. So when I when I worked with her on uh, Shape of Things, I got to like nerd out a little bit and be like, "You're my Clara Piazza." Aww. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, this show is just so beautiful. Yeah, I, music is crazy good. As soon as like the intro start, I can't even listen to the cast recording. I mean, I can, but I just like start crying the minute it starts. And I actually saw the 10th anniversary concert a couple oh. of years ago. They did and everyone was crying and Kelly O'Hara got like a two minute like applause after she sang Light in the Piazza. Matthew Morrison was crying. It was great. It's just so beautiful. It really, it's like Adam Gettle, his music was oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's get into it then. So, cause you know, we want to do a quick podcast today. So Janine, where are you from? <laughs> um, so I was born in Charleston, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, so I still have family there, but I grew up in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, uh, in Kansas City. Um, so my parents are divorced, so I grew up like uh, in Overland Park primarily, but my dad lived in, on the Missouri side in Kansas City. So um, very much a Kansas City gal. And um, yeah, so my, I still have, my mom and my sister still live there too. So where would you say your love of theater started? Um, it started when I was really little watching movie musicals. My mom played, uh, like, well, the sound of music was my very first one that I just became literally obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I later played Maria and it was amazing. <laughs> it was like dream. Um, but it, it was really, I was, I started taking dance lessons and, um, we would always do dances and performing to um, Broadway show songs. Mm -hmm. And so once I started learning about the shows themselves, Mm -hmm. um, I just became obsessed with um, with theater, with acting things out from a really, really, really young age. So um, it was all like my teachers and stuff who would pick songs that were from shows. 
So you mentioned I grew up also watching movie musicals. So there was also like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yep. Oklahoma, Music Man. I never actually girl. Music Man. It was more like Showboat, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Victor Victoria, and like Sound yeah. of Music. So those were like the main and ones. Annie. Oh yeah, and Annie. I think that's everybody. Is yeah. Annie. Oh, yeah. Hello Dolly with Hello Do- Oh yes, Hello Dolly. Yeah. That's on Disney Plus now. I'm very excited about that. I'm gonna watch it. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just it's so good. And then like because that's what I know it from. And they're like, Barbara was too young. I'm like, she was, but I how would I know? Oh, I mean, but honestly, it doesn't matter. It's Barbara and she just she can do no wrong in my eyes. I mean, that's why you and I are friends because I totally agree with that statement. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it's Barbara Streisand. And I also feel the same thing about Julie Andrews. She can do anything she wants. Yeah, 100%. She could play Horace Vandegelder and I'd be like, amazing. (laughs) I am, you know what? That (laughs) that is something I want to see on Broadway. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly wouldn't care. I would buy a ticket and be there. (laughs) Just like for me, it would be like, if you can have like her and like Audra McDonald and like Kelly O'Hara like on stage for something, and like Julie Andrews, I might be like deceased. Oh yeah. Especially if it were like a classic show where they all just played like the iconic, like if it was Hello Dolly. Yeah. And like one was Cornelius, like one was Barnaby. You know what? Like it made me like 10 years from now, maybe like Audra as Dolly Levi or like 20. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, she could do it now. I mean, Dolly's Dolly's just a meddler and like, yeah. you know, and she has been married or no she hasn't been has she, no, no has she married oh yes yeah, of yeah, course she's married because her husband died she's like i i've decided to rejoin the human race which is one of my favorite quotes ever yeah i feel like that on a daily basis anyway so where did you go to school and what made you decide to go there um so i grew up singing and dancing and doing theater and all that stuff but um i never really thought about doing this as a career like both my parents are attorneys and it just seemed just illogical to go into the theater as a, as a career. I just didn't realize, I I didn't know how that would even be possible. Like how would you even pay your bills? And um, I was going to go to school for journalism. So I wanted to be a writer and reporter and all that stuff. And um, I ended up my senior year seeing a production I'll never forget it of songs for a new world and I grew up singing all classic Broadway stuff so I'd never really sung anything super contemporary I'd never seen a show that was so um contemporary and spirited and just in the moment and it just really really spoke to me and I was like you know what I'm gonna like try to do this for my career I just had like this light bulb go off and I was like, you know what? I'm going to audition for musical theater programs. Cause I had a lot of friends who were auditioning for musical theater programs, but I just didn't have the guts to do it. I just was like, no, 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 I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do something else. And um, so I ended up uh, applying for schools and I only applied for like the top schools. Cause in my mind, I'm like, it's hard enough. You know, I want to go to a top school so that I, you know, could have a better chance. Like that was like my thought process, my logic. And um I also applied to schools for just academics and, um, and I, I basically got into Michigan and just, I had to decide between going to Michigan and going get, and I had a full ride to KU on academics to go there for journalism. 
um, and which is the University of Kansas. And I just decided, you know what, you know, luckily my, my mom was supportive and we figured a way to pay for it. I got some grant money and some scholarships and stuff. And I went to Michigan and that was kind of the end of it. I, I, um, I double majored, you're able to double major at Michigan too, which is why it was so enticing to me. So I double majored in communications and musical theater mm -hmm. at, at Michigan. So that's kind of how I came about. It wasn't something that I knew I wanted to do from the age of 12. It was something I loved to do, but it wasn't something that I thought I would do for the rest of my life, as, especially as a career. I mean, I knew I would do it for the rest of my life. I would sing for the rest of my life. I didn't know I would make it a career in the way I pay my bills and support myself and all of that stuff. So I've been super lucky to, you know, make it into a career. Yeah. What was your experience like at Michigan? Um, it was awesome. I, I, I think it's just a, such a wonderful program. It's so well-rounded and it, and it really does celebrate like the individual of like who you are. And, you know, you're so young when you're in college too. It's like, you don't really know yourself, but it helps the program really helps you get to know yourself and gets to know your strengths yeah. and, you know, starts to like have that light bulb start to flicker of like where you might fit. Mm -hmm. in this industry and how you can be creative to, you know, make yourself into the artist that you want to be. So uh, I just think it was such a great program. I love, I love the fact that you have to take academics and, like within like the regular college, like language of science, uh, language, science and arts, LSA, I think is the name of it. Mm -hmm. I forget, it's been so long, but, um, but you know, you really, you're, 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 you get the whole college experience. So you're not like a musical theater robot. Yeah. you know, um, you really, I mean, I was in a sorority. I mean, and you can make your own experience. I mean, you can just focus just on the, on the arts and that's it, whatever, but you have the option and the ability to, to be a part of, you know, a huge big 10 school in yeah. addition to being a musical theater person, which I think is why the graduates are, are such cool people in my opinion, because, and there's actually like a lot of Broadway <laughs> actors who graduated from Michigan as well. Yeah. Cause we're just like, I don't I, exactly. Like there's a, there's a, the network is great. The loyalty among alums is great. Like there's just such a great camaraderie. I mean, I think there is with every musical theater school because it's unlike anything, mm -hmm. any other major, like you, <laughs> like in, in what other major are you like crying in class with your, with your, with your peers like that doesn't really happen you know where you're so vulnerable spilling out your soul all that kind of stuff falling on your face um it's just it's a very bonding experience and most of the departments for these musical theater schools are also really small so you you just form bonds with people and like i haven't talked with people in my class in years i will say but like when we see each other it's like no time passed yeah do you i know you said it was a long time ago but do you remember what you auditioned with I do. I do actually. Yeah. I auditioned with, um, uh, John Pas Patrick Shanley monologue. Mm -hmm. And, um, I also auditioned with a, my name is Alice. Um, the one about the wedding gifts. I don't know if you know that it's, it's funny. That was my comedic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my Shakespeare monologue was a Helena Midsummer Night's Dream. And then um, for songs, it was Will Rogers' Follies, No Man Left For Me. And I remember Brent Wagner, I sang it in like a performance class or something. And his note was, Janine, 
you can't perform just attitude. And <laughs> I was like, got it. Like it needs to be active. Like I, I yeah. still remember that. Um, and then uh, I sang No Other Love from Me and Juliet. I actually auditioned for musical theater and I didn't get really? it. I did. I remember I auditioned with, oh, crap, um, Who Will Buy from Oliver. Oh yes, who will buy? Yeah. And then I auditioned uh, with someone like you from Jacqueline. Yes. Oh, those are good choices. Very yeah. contrasting. Um, but I took a acting for the musical stage class in college. And like, not to toot my horn, but people are like, why aren't you in musical theater? I was like, exactly. Where'd but you I- go then? I'm sorry? Where'd you go to school? University. Where? Pace downtown. Okay, well, that's a great theater school. Well, no, it's a lot different now than what it was years ago because, like, uh-huh. now it's its own performing arts school. But I remember the head of the musical theater department at the time, like, came in and like sat on in an art class, and I had this song "Broadway Baby" from Follies. Mm. You know, to me was you're already a Broadway baby, and I was like, okay. And then I was like thinking about it afterwards. I'm like, isn't that the point of the song? Like she wants to be a Broadway baby. So like, is that a bad thing that she's kind of already there? Yeah. That was like the one thing I remembered. But Isn't it funny how like notes from teachers sometimes just like, yeah. they, they really stick with you. Yeah. I have a few of them. Like, I mean, that one about playing attitude is one because yeah. you know, where you like sit into the attitude of the song yeah. rather than like the lyric. I think I only remember like the positive ones. Like I did, I had a Shakespeare class and I it was like our final and I did my Rosalind monologue and afterwards my teacher's note was like, are you a performance whore? Like, but in a good way. Cause apparently like I was just that good with the monologue, but, and then like, I just remember like a note in a show, like whose big fat ass is that? I was like, oh, that's mine. Cause we were like, <laughs> down and like, yeah, it was weird. But those are like the only notes I remember from like yeah. teachers or like a director. I, I remember, uh, gosh, they're like flooding me now. I mean, I remember doing, um, I was cast as Alora Kingsley in City of Angels in mm-hmm. college. And I was a sophomore, which was like a really big deal to cast like a sophomore in a lead like that. Yeah. And I just remember my teacher, Mark Madama, he was like, well, you just came in and you were Alora. I was yeah. like, oh. Because I was always so, I just felt like I, I was, also, I grew up like really quickly when I was younger, like my parents divorced, I took care of my sister, like all that stuff. So I always felt like older than my peers. Yeah. And so when I was in college, I always got cast in these like more mature roles. So, you know, that kind of did a number on me when I moved to the city because I was like, oh, I'm not going to work till I'm 30. And when you're in the city and you're 22 years old, you're going to get cast as a 22 year old, even though I seemed older. So um, I remember just when I got the audition for Rizzo, I was like, oh, there's no way. There's no way I'm right for that. And then I ended up booking it because you're 22 and Rizzo's the old soul of the pink ladies. But um, it was just kind of like an identity crisis where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm playing like a teenager. No, I just remember like, I was told so many times, especially from like one professor, like, oh, you're not going to get cast till you're older. And I kind of knew that going into it because we did uh, Trojan Women. And like pretty much if you had like boobs, you were in that show. (laughs) And they were talking about like, who's going to play an old person? So one of like the assistant like makeup people came up to me. She's like, do you want to play an old person? I said, no, because it's probably the only time in my college career where I'm going to play like a non great haired person. Uh-huh. I cut to like my junior year, I played um, being the food chain. So they had to paint like gray and white in my hair. 
And like the one professor who said, I'm not going to get cast till I'm older, like loved me in that show. And they ended up using that as like my BFA audition. Yeah. I think that's all he pictured me as was like this older woman. But then like he saw me in Dogs He's God as like CB sister. And I, hopefully that changed his mind, but whatever. (laughs) I was just always such like, like leading lady kind of. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know. It was, it, and then I, I played, um, I did this Pete Mills show, the development show, developmental show called, um, uh, gosh, what was it called? Pursuit of Persephone. But now it's, it was, now it's called like the underclassmen or something. It's still being done. Yeah. Um, but I played like a, a teenager in that in college. And I remember being like, whoa, yeah. but it was again, like a leading lady-ish kind of role, Jennifer yeah. King, which was F. Scott Fitzgerald's girlfriend in college. Um, Anyway, it was, I had a lot of growing to do in college and it was, I mean, it was great for me to be able to just like try different things and Mm -hmm. figure out who I was as a performer and also grow into my voice because I was a soprano up until I was 20 years old and then I started belting. So I never really um, belted above like a B flat. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I, I definitely was challenged and also everybody in my class was so talented in the department, so Mm -hmm. talented. So you're just surrounded by these driven, talented people. And so it's very motivating for you also to figure own, figure your own shit out, you know? Yeah. So after Michigan, you graduate and then you move to New York. Is that your next step? Um, Yes, but there was a period in between where I was back and forth between Ann Arbor and uh, New York, just because I, I, I basically was going to stay in the city. I mean, sorry, in Ann Arbor the whole summer before I moved because I had no money and I was going to work at the Lancome counter at the mall, <laughs> like yeah. save up money. But I ended up um, winning these two awards that you can win when you graduate from Michigan called the Earl B. Moore Award and then the Alan Eisenberg Actors' Equity Award. He's the former president of Actors' Equity and a Michigan grad and a lovely man. I'm obsessed with him. Um, And so I all of a sudden had some money to move to the city with. So I got, I signed with an agent after my showcase um, and was basically flying back and forth, like moving all my stuff. so I officially moved in uh, like late July mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and was working in um, a fashion showroom because I lied and I said I wasn't auditioning. I was just using my communications degree at this point, but I would go on my lunch breaks and audition. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I ended up booking uh, an off-Broadway gig at the York Theater doing one of their Mufties. Mm-hmm. And then from there I booked... Um, a tale of two cities which was the pre-broadway tryout out in down in the at the oslo theater yeah I, so. I didn't see that but i remember when it was on broadway because i think like my old roommates were seeing it and then i think they might have gone to like one of the first previews and i think i was seeing something else and i was going to meet up with them and i was like you're still at the show like all these hours later yeah it was pretty long maybe they saw it in previews i do remember i do not remember it was long when we were at the oslo theater mm-hmm. and then I wasn't in the Broadway production. They, I, I was doing Grease at the time. They were, I, I did see it. It was still long, yeah. but it's such an epic show. I mean, yeah. it's hard to make cuts in a show that is like a tale of two cities. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, they do it with like a Christmas Carol, but I think doing like a Dickens story is, di- I don't know. I've done three Dickensian mm-hmm. shows and they're all epic. 
Yeah. What, <laughs> what are they? What have you done? Uh, well, Tale of Two Cities, mm-hmm. uh, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Oh, that's right. And Oliver. I will say, like, I do regret never seeing Edward Edwin Drood, like, and I live around the corner from the theater, and I was like, I'll see it, like, I'll get my ticket, and then it was, like, too late, so if I can go back, that's, like, one of the two shows I would see. It was so fun. Yeah. It was really fun. I, I mean, it was so much work, yeah. uh, but it was joyous work. It was yeah. very fun. Because I remember, like, stalking your Instagram a couple of times. I still kind of do, and, like, you're going through, like, all of your boxes of, like, different things that you had and you found like old show shoes and earrings and you like found your Drood script and you had like different like these two different characters you were understudying yeah like the ensemble track and then didn't you at one point go on for each role but like two different performances in a day oh girl girl. so I was the only cover for the only cover for Drood and for Rosebud okay Mm -hmm. so like Stephanie was out one matinee and then I think Betsy was out that evening or when Aaron no I think it was Aaron when Aaron came in um and so yeah so I would go on for Drood meaning at matinee and then Rosabud at nighttime in the evening nighttime evening show um yeah and and if you know and you know the show so like it's a man it's a woman playing a man mm-hmm. and so like you're being a dude and then you have to like switch in the evening show and be all feminine yeah. so it was just like it, it was crazy when that show closed I was super sad because it was fun and I loved the cast and everything but I was also so sad because like I had worked so hard to yeah. learn everything that I was like can we just run a little bit longer just so I can like yeah. have all this work like you know like kind of pay off a little bit more Um, but I, 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 it was just, it was a lot. And so, yeah. So when I found that script, I was like, it's crazy. Like the stuff that we do and like how hard we work. And then you're like, I'm glad I found that because, and I was able to show it on Instagram because I don't know if people recognize like the, the brain power it takes to learn all that stuff and keep it all straight. Um, same thing with swings. I've never been a swing before, but like, it's a lot to learn. And for you know, for Drood, I had my own onstage track. Yeah. And then I covered those two starring roles mm-hmm. um, and would go on for them, you know, often and not totally often, but often enough as a, as a cover. Um, so yeah, it was crazy. And then in understudy rehearsals, mm-hmm. I would have to sometimes like, I would like run the show as Drood and then flip and then run it as, as Rosa Bud. Wow. <laughs> it's not really mind trippy. Guess, it was it was really yeah. mind trippy um I mean it was fun I mean they're totally they're 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 such fun characters I loved playing Rosebud like yeah. Rosebud was like they, everyone thinks that Drew is like the best role and it's a great role don't get me wrong but like Rosebud is, is such a dingbat like yes. it's so fun <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's just fun playing like the dumb like what type of character yeah. and but but she's also like she was also like conniving in a way like she knew what she wanted like she wanted to be a star yeah so it was it was it was fun it was really fun and then to be drew she's such a diva yeah so what was the audition like then for drew did you go in just to audition or did you know that this track you were going in for would also um, be the cover for both those roles yeah so I knew what the job was like when I auditioned I knew it was um 
onstage ensemble plus the cover of both. And I, at the time I was doing Anything Goes with Roundabout. So I was already kind of in the Roundabout family. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I got the audition, uh, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And also like vocally, it's just so in my wheelhouse that that show is so in my wheelhouse um, yeah. that I was just like, okay, this is right for me. I'd done, you know, Dickens shows before. So like I am comfortable with the dialects, like all of that stuff. So I just felt like um, it was something I could do. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to sing uh, Moonfall and then all of writing on the wall. Wow. Like all of it. Yeah. And so, and I was not familiar with the show Drood at all. Mm -hmm. And I went to, I remember going to Lincoln Center and watching it for research, just being like, what is this? Yeah. Like I did not, cause it doesn't really translate that well on camera, mm -hmm. you know, with the flipping back and forth between like reality and you know, the show is a show yeah. within a show. And so I was just like, what in the world? And yeah. so with the audition, I just did it in, I just did the songs in earnest, you know, like not really knowing exactly what was happening in the context of the show. I just did yeah. the songs in earnest. And then I, I knew it was happening enough in the scenes and stuff. Um, and then we had to dance. So I got through the, like, I'm not a huge dancer, but I got through the it's dance. It's funny call. because like, didn't you understudy Reno Sweeney? Yeah. I worked my ass off in that show Yeah, to learn all that. Um, which was such a, I love tap dance though. Like I would say tap is probably my strongest. If I can learn, like the one dance I would love to learn is tapping. And it, I, I've even had like five-year-olds attempt to teach me how to do a time step. And my body just like physically cannot learn how to do a time step. Oh, I bet you could learn. I, I many people have tried and failed. Well, if you're musical, it's a, it's a music, it's just so, it's a rhythmic and musical. So it, tap has always been my favorite ever since I was a little girl. I've always always, always, always love tap. I love making the sounds and stuff. So I was actually really excited about um, that particular show. And also that Kathleen Marshall's choreography, yeah. I'd done Grease with her. And so like, I yeah. knew that her, her choreography fit on my body. Whereas yeah. like some other choreographers, like it just doesn't fit on my body. Like I'm, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. So what did you do to prepare for doing a huge tap number and then belting out the last notes of anything goes? Breathe breathe and also like like you're in the moment but you also like when you're doing it um you just find time you just find times never like your back is turned to kind of just like take a breath yeah you know that kind of stuff um also just practicing like I would also I would run on the treadmill and sing yeah um I really learned that from the search for the next L Woods the legally mm -hmm. blonde MTV miniseries because I, when I did like Dogs He's Got in college, I had this monologue that was very physical and I was mm -hmm. like oh, doing it in rehearsal. So I would like walk up the stairs in my building and like recite the monologue. So by the time like it came to doing it, I was totally fine. Yeah, I, I started doing that as when I was doing Sophisticated Ladies, I did hit me with a hot note. I was that track mm -hmm. and it was a very, it, it wasn't like super, super dancey, but it was a lot of like moving down the stairs and like, it's a very um, big, vocal number and it's also like a nuanced vocal number so you can't sound winded when you're trying to be sexy and intimate you know what I mean like you can't be like no like you gotta be like sexy and smooth yeah and um so I started doing all that like running when I was I would sing the whole song while I was on a yeah. treadmill or on a bike or whatever, just to get my yeah. stamina up. And also just to have the confidence that I knew I could get through it, even if I was winded. 
So let's go back a little bit to uh, Grease because that was your Broadway debut, I believe. Yes. So what was it like making your Broadway debut? Um, my debut. Um, yes. Uh, my debut was awesome. I I wish that I had like savored it more and not taken it so seriously because yeah. I, I I wanted it to be so I was so. Um, focused on making and on, on doing a good job like I didn't invite anybody yeah. like my parent my mom wanted to come and I was like no 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 mom just wait until I'm more comfortable in the role like my friends wanted to come I was like I didn't like really tell anybody when I was going on because mm-hmm. I just wanted to like do it get it over with and then invite people yeah and so um I do remember um I, I remember getting the phone call that I got the job mm-hmm. that's like the biggest thing I remember and I just remember crying on the street just being like so relieved because I was so broke and I was a reception, it was, um, I had gone through a breakup and I was like waitressing, plus I was working as a receptionist and and I, I would just, was like, I just was so, and I'd been on hold too, because Jim Jacobs, the writer was on vacation and he had, to, he had the final say. Mm-hmm. And so we were all waiting if I got it or not. Yeah. And so um, anyways, I just remember getting the call and just like, I got it when I was at work at the receptionist place and I was like so excited. I was working at Rockefeller as a receptionist, like this big, uh, like financial fund up there. And uh, I just remember being so excited, but everybody's so quiet in that office because it's just like corporate America. Yeah. And um, like, no, no, no exuberance, just, you yeah. know. <laughs> and I'm like really excited, but I had to be really quiet about it. And then I remember leaving work early and just being like, I called my mom and I was just really excited. But the Broadway debut part of it, um, I remember being in rehearsals and being like really ready to go on. Like I just remember like wanting to just go on and do it. That was just my biggest thing. And so I did it. And then after that, people started coming, but I was very like um, focused for my Broadway debut. It wasn't a big like hoo-ha that I see every now, that I now see like on Instagram where everybody goes and it's like a thing. Like for me, it was like, okay, let me just do the work. Yeah. And I'll celebrate later. <laughs> I also think that like, and I don't like, I don't mean to age you or anything like that, but like Greece was like many years ago. And I feel like the culture is so different now. Oh, like, it's so different. Yeah. It's so different. I mean, even, but my roommate at the time, she was like, Janine, you can't make your Broadway debut and no one be there. Yeah. So my roommate came. Yeah. She insisted. And and like she champagne and flowers and everything after. Huh? Champagne, flowers. No, not even. I mean, she came and then I, I, I think I just went home. Yeah. No celebration in the apartment with you guys? What? Yeah, I think we like hugged it out and then I like went to bed. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a big thing. I was just really like relieved it was over and grateful it was, it had happened. Yeah. And then I went back and I did the show eight times a week. And, you know, like, um, I don't know. I was just very focused. And I, you're right. I think that the culture has changed, especially with Instagram because everybody like wants to celebrate like their shiniest moments, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it is, it's a really big deal. It's a really big achievement of a dream that I never even thought was a possibility. Yeah. And so, I mean, people should celebrate it. And now I look back and I'm like, oh man, I wish I had been yeah. more celebratory about it. But for me, it was like such a wonderful opportunity that I didn't want to fuck up. Yeah. for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So I really just wanted to do a good job and get through that first yeah. go around and then, you know, celebrate later. But that's also me though. <laughs> I'm very much like, okay, let me just 
get over this one like hurdle where I know I can do it and I do it and then it's and then I'm then I'm good. Let's also talk about like national tours because you've done what like three or four you've done a couple. I've done three national you've tours. You've done three. So I've done you one regional tour. Okay. So you did um if then where you met amazingly wonderful Jackie Burns. Yes. I also love. Um you did Young Frankenstein. And then what was the other one you did? Because I'm brain farting. Finding Neverland. Finding Neverland. Mm -hmm. So what was the experience like touring with those different shows? They're all such different shows. So um, they were all great. I mean, Young Frankenstein was my first national, first, first national tour. Mm -hmm. And again, I was very focused. Like I didn't leave a whole lot of room for fun. It was Mm -hmm. all about the show. It was all about you know, making sure, but I mean, I laughed a lot when I, and I had a lot of fun when I was at the theater and everything like that, but my life really revolved around the show and my voice being, you know, healthy and all that stuff. Um, I loved working on Young Frankenstein though, because I loved who I got to work with, like working with Stroman and we got to meet Mel Brooks and work with him a little bit. Like it was like just awesome. And I'll never forget when, um, you know, Mel Brooks pulled me aside and told me how much he loved me in the show. Like that was like, Oh, life made. Um, and I loved the costumes and I laughed so hard with my colleagues in that show. Mm -hmm. Like it was so fun. Um, but again, I would like, I didn't really do anything besides the show when I was on tour. Mm -hmm. And so that, that can kind of like drain you because you're in a hotel room in a, in a different city. And if you're not like a human in addition to your show, Mm -hmm. it just can become like all consuming. And so like the show became all consuming to me. And so when I went on tour for the second time with, if then I vowed to myself that I was going to be a human Mm -hmm. and I was not going to be just like a performing robot. And I was going to do other things besides just the show Mm-hmm. Once I was comfortable enough in the show. Yeah. So during it then is when I wrote my screenplay. It's when I started a company. It's when I did all this other stuff um, that, you know, is now stuff that I do. It's when yeah. I started all that stuff. I got engaged during that tour, mm-hmm. um, all that. So that's, that's really for me how they were totally different work-wise I'm, you know, still focused. And, you know, if then I had a ton of responsibility because I was playing Anne, plus I was covering Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So I had my own principal role that I was playing. Plus Mm -hmm. I was covering the starring role. Yeah. Did you ever Um, go on for Elizabeth? Yeah, many times. I went on for um, Elizabeth when Adina was doing it almost every Tuesday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And then when Jackie came in, I only went on once for Jackie because she's a machine. (laughs) I was going to say, because it's Jackie Burns. Yeah, Because it's Jackie Burns. She got sick literally once, I think, Mm -hmm. when we were actually in Kansas City in my hometown. So I actually got to go on for Elizabeth in my hometown. That's really Um, great. It's like, as horrible as it sounds, like kismet that that happened. Oh, totally. I was like, Jackie, did you do Everyone thought that she did it on purpose, but no, she was really just like sick as a dog. She had no voice. Um. But she always said, she's like, once you do Alphaba, you can like, this is a piece of cake. <laughs> like singing, singing Elizabeth. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, Adina, I'm not saying that it, anyway. But um, do you have any like favorite role you've ever played? Yeah, it was last summer or no, two summers ago now. It was 2019. Um, Francesca in British Madison County. It was really just like uh, everything. That role, so fulfilling to me in, on every level. 
You know, what's funny is like, cause when Ashley was like, oh, Janine, I'm like, I don't know her. And then like Googled you and they're like, oh, I do know her because I knew of like this production that they did in Riley of it. And then I was like, that's how I know her. Cause she did this thing of uh, Bridges of Madison County. Yeah. Merch, my merch company actually had Bridges of Madison County. So oh, I could, like sit and watch it for free. And I have like the magnets somewhere in my apartment. And plus I also just have, I love Kelly O'Hara. So like anything she's in, I'm there for. Like she walked by me once at Lincoln Center and I was with one of my best friends and I cried and she still made me for that, which is fine. (laughs) I love her too. I love her voice. I think it's so pure. Um, I just, Francesca for me, like I'm I'm Italian. My family's from Italy and- the the vocal range and the style of music that it's written in that Jason did I just think it's so beautiful and sweeping and I could sing that score for the rest of my life and I feel like like it's very different from what he normally also does totally and it was such a departure too for me like I normally do more belty roles and this was an opportunity for me to like be the soprano that I am (laughs) And, and I just had the best time doing it and I just love her story and you know I just I love I love the struggle that that she goes through I just think it's so human and mm-hmm. relatable and uh, yeah I just I loved every minute of playing that role now I do want to ask because I'm always curious about this because you've been on Broadway and I've like I don't really stage door anymore because like I'm in my 30s unless it's like Anna Pascal which I mentioned <laughs> um what is like the stage door experience like being on the other side of it um I find it to be Great. I mean, I don't really have an issue with it. I, I love meeting people. I mean, honestly, the people who see the shows, like I wouldn't have a job if it weren't for people who go to see the shows. I There are definitely nights where you're just like not feeling up to being personable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. Like if you go to the stage door, you have to be friendly. You have to be personable. You have to be on. Yep. And just like anybody else, there are times when you just don't feel like being on. Like I've been on for three hours. Yeah. I, I just feel like turning it off. Now. I know that feeling very well from like the job I had before the pandemic. Cause I was, at a, I worked at hotels. So mm-hmm. to- it's the same kind of thing. It's like yeah. you have to put on your face yep. and there are times when you just don't feel like putting on face. Yeah. And not to say that you're being insincere if you are going out there and putting on face, but like there are just times you just don't feel like it. Yeah. And that's, which, yeah, which is human and yeah. normal, just like anybody else who goes to an office and like you get home and you just want to freaking decompress, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, so when you're, and when you're doing a show eight times a week, it's, it's taxing and stuff. So there are times when you just don't feel like it. Yeah. And I, I'd hope that, and I hope that people who go to see a show don't take it personally if they don't come out and say it's just sometimes you just don't feel like it yeah um that being said I have met amazing people at the stage door who have become friends and colleagues and all of all of the above so um if you don't stage door you don't know what you're missing but at the same time like if you're feeling under the weather or you just need to take like a mental break from being on yeah like that's valid too yeah. So let's talk about like some exciting projects you have coming up. Was there anything you were like working on pre-pandemic? Um, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, well, I mean, theater, I was auditioning like way more yeah. <laughs> than now because there's like nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with TV and film, I mean, there are still auditions happening. It's just that everyone's out of work right That's now. That's just I mean. I have to ask you this because I keep forgetting. 
because you mentioned TV, you worked on the deuce with who I call the hot guy from take this waltz, AKA Luke Kirby. Love him. Yeah. He's I just like, I love him so much. And literally like everyone who knows me knows I call him the hot guy from take this waltz. He's awesome. He's, yeah. he's awesome. And he's even sexier in person. Like, cause he's just like, he's so smart and there's so much like going on behind his eyes like even yeah. when he turns it off but like he and he's just like really cool and down to earth mm-hmm. um I saw funny, him very funny him and I laughed a lot like we would he's yeah. kind of like got a dark sense of humor yeah um, so it was really fun where I worked with him on season two and three of yeah. the and had some great scenes with him so that I saw fun. him one of the last shows I saw before the pandemic was he did a show at the armory judgment day oh really yeah so I I only saw I only went because he was in that I think he is extremely talented. Yeah, and a very well-deserved Emmy Award for playing Lenny Bruce, for sure. Absolutely. I think he is. And Rachel's my cousin. And so it was really funny that, like, I was playing opposite him in, like, The Deuce. And then here she is, as Miss Maisel, like, crushing it. So we were like, oh, we have Luke in common. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. I just had to ask, like, someone who, like, kind of knows him. Be like, what is he like in real life? He's great. I mean, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Like your instincts are spot on. He's awesome. Yeah. And just super sexy. Okay. Getting back to it, you were auditioning TV and film, all that. So, you know, I'm still auditioning and and whatever, but um, my focus now is obviously auditioning, waiting for things to come back and all of that jazz. But, you know, I also produce a lot and I write and I try to keep my creative wheels going in other ways. So I I run the USO show troupe. So I I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about that. So how did you even get into that? Um, So a family friend of ours is the chairman of the board and this position opened up and my husband actually was like, Hey, I think my wife might be great for this role. And I I interviewed and uh, ended up getting the job. So that's kind of how it happened. But, but the reason I think I really got the job was because I'm a performer. So like, I get it of like what needs to be done for performers, but I also have experience on military bases Mm -hmm. because um, I have a company called Empowered Voices and we do sexual assault prevention workshops for the military using theater as the driving force. Mm -hmm. So we, we use theatrical practices to like help with real life situations. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, you know, it's, it's a unique combination, I think, with me, because I, I have this experience as a performer and producer, but I also, for, for our audiences and for our mission with the USO, like, mm-hmm. I actually have hands-on experience of working with our service members. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's what kind of set me apart from the other candidates for this role. And I've, I've really grown into it. I really enjoy doing it. Um, I love producing. I love bringing music and entertainment interaction to a community that can sometimes feel ostracized and then left out um because I really believe in the benefits of music as connection and so um that's that's been a really cool project for me to focus on during the pandemic I'm so blessed that I have a job you know during the pandemic um and you know we aren't able to do live performances but I've pivoted to doing virtual programming so uh, we have a whole new program now with virtual programming, providing princess parties, dance lessons, Pilates, all this stuff that because the show troupe members, like any other actor, they're a, you wear a million hats. Yeah. And so some of them are personal trainers, group fitness instructors, you know, they are, they do princess parties, you know, things like that. So I've been able to um, to really utilize their other skills while we're not able to do live performances. 
So that's been a project to keep me creative and busy, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the pandemic and things. But, you know, I have a screenplay in the works and we're hoping it's, it's optioned and we have Leah Thompson directing it and we're about to sign um, our lead actress. So um, that'll be really cool. Um, yeah, and I'm working on an album. So oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I have, the pile. And I have then- things. I have things going on. So we just recorded our the first single. Um, so it's, it's really great. Like and a really bad backup dancer. I'm available for absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. This single. I'm it's really very pop. It's very fun. Um, it, it, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I Is think it's like are- an exclusive that you're coming out with an album, or like people know this already. Well, I've, I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm trying to figure out how to announce it and how to like get it out there. So I haven't been, I haven't done like the big push yet because I'm waiting Mm -hmm. until it's mastered and I can like release it. I don't, I also don't know if I want to wait until I have a few songs in the can Mm -hmm. before we do the single well, release. Mean, we always announce it if we're doing a Q&A after that thing we're working on in February. Oh, that might be a good idea. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, we're not announcing what it is, what we're working on because it's not officially announced yet, but you can always do it then if the playwright is there too, just to be like, surprise. Surprise. I got this um, thing out. Maybe you can like sing a little bit at the Q&A be like, yeah, my song. My song. <laughs> Um, it's really, it's really good though. The, I I'm, I'm in love with the single. I am in love with the direction that it's going. Oh. Um, yeah. Matthew James Thomas, who was uh Pippin on Broadway. He's, oh, a music, yes. he's a music producer and he yeah. is honestly freaking genius. He's my producer. That's great. He's one of my producers. And, um, yeah, so, uh, we've been recording out in Brooklyn so uh, we've been, you know, doing the whole like socially distanced COVID test stuff you know, like that. Like if you, cause you have like such a plethora of like people in the theater industry that I'm sure like, if you wanted to do like a, like a duet with someone, I'm sure you can be like, call yeah. them up be like, yo, check it. Yeah. I mean, we, I might, and I think the next song we're going to do is a ballad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we're building out, you know, I don't know when the whole album is going to be completed. These things take forever. Yeah. But the good news is that is that in 2020, I started it, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's been a goal of mine for a really long time. And also I've been just going back and forth in the direction of it too, like, cause I, I can sing so many different styles of music as an actor, yeah. but like, what kind of music do I want to sing as Janine? Like, what is my spirit wanting to sing right now? Mm-hmm. And right now I just want to be happy. Yeah, and I don't want to be like inside my feelings right yeah. now. It's just, I just, and I think a lot of us just want to be able to like dance a little bit, have a good beat and express themselves and whatever. And that's yeah. kind of what this album is. But you can also do too, if there's like certain songs, you can always save them for the next album. That's true. Yeah. Or just make it like a two disc set, like a bonus, like a few months after be like, guys, check it. Bonus disc coming out. Yeah. It's- songs because hopefully 2021 people are just going to be so overjoyed that they're going to need like five minutes of sadness just to be happy again yeah exactly so i i mean it's there's lots of opportunity with um with this album and and who knows like who knows where it will go it's just been it's been a really amazing creative outlet for me to just be in the studio and write some music and you know put all the 
I mean, the technology that, I mean, I'm so used to doing cast albums where you just kind of like walk in, you sing, and then you leave. I'm not really used to being part of like the creative process of creating an album, creating a track. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been really cool to see how these engineers and producers work. They're they're like magicians. They're magicians. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm a singer and I'm a good singer, but like the way that they're able to like take your voice and like mix it with the instrumentation and the beat and like add an, it's like, it, it becomes its own universe. It's really cool. It's cool. So we are winding down. So just a few more things I want to go sure. over. Like what are your dream roles that you have? Do you have any dream mm-hmm. roles other than the role that you're doing with me in February? That is a dream role. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I would love to do proof. Yeah, you and I talked about that and argued about it. I would love to do proof. Yeah, that's fine. And, uh, <laughs> um, and you know what? I feel like as I get older, I there are roles that like I feel like I that I'm excited to grow into mm-hmm. that I I, I want to play. Like I would love to do Dear Evan Hansen. I would love to do um, uh, Little Edie in Great Gardens. I've played young Little Edie in Great Gardens, but I would love to play Edie. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So like, I'm just excited kind of for where, uh, I don't know, like, cause you, there, it changes all the time yeah. for me for what roles I want to play. I mean, I think most, the biggest thing I'd like to do is originate something. Yeah. I've originated a ton and tons of roles and readings and workshops and things like that, that just haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. And I would love to originate a character who's, you know, funny and strong and vulnerable and all those things and has like some kind of internal struggle of something, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, in complex character. I'm really, I'm really fascinated by like just really complex like characters who, who have a lot, a lot of internal struggle. So yeah. whatever original character there is of that, I'm there. Not to be like whatever, but like you can always write that. Yeah. And, you know, in all honesty, I mean, I did write my screenplay with myself in mind and I'm probably going to be in it in some respect, but you know what, it's like when you write a screenplay, it can either be a vanity project that like, I'm not a huge name. So it's like, you can either be a vanity project that like not many people will see, Mm -hmm. or you can write it, be pragmatic about and strategic about like getting the right characters who will like sell the sell it and like I'll play a smaller role in it and that's totally fine um so you just kind of have to make those choices as a writer and actor of like what and you work with your producers and your director of just like what's the best what's the best way to tell this story and for people to learn about the story and watch this story like what is the best way in, in, in which to do that in a realistic way and so it's you know you know you set aside your pride a little bit and you were just like, okay, like, I'm not going to cut off my nose to spite my face, yeah. you know, and I'm going to be smart about this. But yeah, I mean, I'm working right now on actually like a pandemic play <laughs> about what it's like to be, it's based on, you know, like what, what I'm going through and stuff like that. But I am, I know I'm writing and dabbling and writing outlines and things like that. I haven't quite yet finished those projects, but you know, they're in the works and you, well, you have a lot of things happening. You're a very hard worker. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just here chatting with you. 
but it's not it's fun chatting with you though because you're but you're a hard worker too though and you're creative and like you're always thinking of ways to get stories out there and to challenge yourself and I like so respect people that do that that aren't going to like wait for it to happen you're going to do it yourself yeah I mean we're I mean this new company like I'm not a producer of I'm just the resident director so I don't like I tell I say like oh we're like we all agree what shows to do like I do casting, but, and I direct, but like, that's it. Um, but we have like, I'll tell you after really quickly, we got like a good lineup for like January and February. Um, but cause we only have a few more minutes, but are your like top going theater experience experiences that you've ever had? Ooh, going theater. Well, songs for a new world that I saw that changed my life. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one. Yeah. Um, I also had a great time at honeymoon in Vegas. I, I'm so mad because I love Rob McClure. Like he's my Broadway talent. We did Oliver together. Like way back in the day. (laughs) Together? Oliver. Oh, I just, I love him so much. Um, Yeah. I had a great time. Like not going to lie. I loved it. Um, I also, um, I saw the uh, workshop of Mrs. Doubtfire and I loved it. Yeah. Love you know, I, I'm a little psychic and people who know me know this about me. So I like had an epiphany one day in my old apartment. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to turn Mrs. Doubtfire into a musical. I put it on Facebook like the next day. I'm not even joking. Like an hour later, they announced they're doing a Mrs. Doubtfire musical. No I, way. Yeah. I got the casting wrong. Cause I said, watch it be like Norbert Leo Butts. But I mean, I'm very happy with Rob McClure. It was Honest, it was so good. And yeah. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. But the way that they explore how kids feel about divorce in the musical is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen as a kid of divorce. And like, yeah. it is, I just was so moved by it. And it's so funny and heartwarming yeah. and all of the things. So um, I just, yeah, those are, those are three amazing experiences. I, I fell in love with him when I saw him in Chaplin. I'm like, no, nothing against Billy Porter, whom I love and is fantastic. I just like really wish Rob McClure would have won for Chaplin, but that's just me. Well, he worked his butt off in Chaplin. Yeah. That's it really didn't, but yeah. I mean, that's such a tough role, Chaplin. Yeah. yeah. So now it's on to the fun part. We're going to do the inside the actor studio questions. Ooh, fun. Normally we play a game, but then I just couldn't think of games for people. So like a few podcasts ago, we started this. So are you ready? I am so ready. What is your favorite word? Thanks. I think, yeah, thanks. I don't know. I don't know. No, that's not my favorite word. Okay. favorite, no, my favorite word is incredulous. Ooh, if I remember that, I'm just going to say that to you all February. You're incredulous. 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 You can't believe it. Yeah. Like incredulous. That that's how the monologue went. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your least favorite word? Moist. That's probably people probably say that a lot. Moist. I just. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like or or no, no, no. um, Diseased. Hmm diseased you know what honestly I can't really look at the coronavirus um as I'd say 2020 must be very difficult for you anytime that ball with the red dots comes up my stomach turns like anything I can't wear polka dots or some or sometimes there are patterns that just make me feel ill yeah because it looks diseased 
Yeah. I don't know if you watched Saturday Night Live, but when Timothy Chalamet hosted, whom I'm obsessed with, um, they oh, did. Oh, yes. He was so good. Yeah. Where like the first sketch they did where they did the like coronavirus family. So that's a hard time with that. Yeah. Anytime, honestly, anything that looks diseased, like any kind of like skin disease, sometimes even if I look at a lizard and I look at scales, like it grosses me out. Totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, What turns you on? Obviously not lizards. Not lizards. Um, Like in terms of like a dude or just like well, I mean, what's dude, like my husband, <laughs> like other than your husband, like what turns you on, like creative wise or person wise, or just anything that turns you um, on. You can say your husband, that's fine. My husband turns me on, of course, but the, I would say, um, humor turns me on humor and, um, uh, like a like a swagger yeah I like a guy in a good suit with a nice watch I like a guy with and I like a guy who smells really good yeah yeah if you look like put together and like you got like Mm -hmm. I don't know and you look like you can take care of me like done (laughs) it's kind of raining okay um what turns you off um unwarranted cockiness like if you're cocky and you've like no reason to be cocky like you didn't earn that con- like it's just like go away yeah. like that bothers me yeah what is your favorite curse word fuck <laughs> what sound or noise do you love what what is it what sound or noise do you love i love the sound of kids laughing I do. I love it. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh my God. 2020 has been bad for this crunching. Crunching? Crunching on anything. Like my husband, he eats celery. Like it's his job. I wish I could be addicted to celery. He loves celery. That's like what he wants to snack on. I'm like, I'm like chocolate. He's like, oh, celery. And it's so crunchy. And chocolate and see what happens. We could. He's, he he uh, will crunch on celery and I, I just have to leave the room or yell at him. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Sometimes I wish I, were, I had uh, like being a lawyer, even though I feel like I, it would be way too much schooling and reading and whatever to go through it. Yeah. I do feel like I'd be good at advocating for people. What profession would you not like to attempt? I could never be a surgeon. I could never be around that much blood and draw blood and, and look at diseased things. I could never do it. What about playing a surgeon on TV? Could you do that? I could do that. Yeah. You're paying me. <laughs> and it's not real life. All right. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, well done. And my last question before we have to get out of here, why is theater important? Oh, theater is important because it is a shared experience and you're all there together. And I think it is the best example of teamwork. Amazing. 
Janine, you know, my deep love and affection for you. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I can't wait to work with you again. Oh, is there anything that you wanted to ask me or did you, anything you want to say out to the people who listen to the podcast before we end? Um, Continue listening to the podcast and please watch Reasons to be Pretty coming February 11th. Uh, I will be in it. Um, very excited. I love what you're doing in this pandemic of still bringing theater to the people and keeping artists like me, um, fulfilled (laughs) hard because I always have the thing of like, who can we cast? I'm sure Janine would say yes. If we asked her. Absolutely. Anytime. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you and one other person. I know like, that's why I was like, I'm going to ask Janine because she'd probably say yes to do my podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to stop recording. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.